Welcome to episode 285 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix and all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 285 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I am pretty good, Bevan. How are you? Well, I'm in, I'm in the Taipei studios. I'm currently in Taipei. I'm looking outside my, it's what, it's about 6, six in the morning maybe, or maybe a little bit earlier, 6 in the morning, and I'm looking outside the window and I've got buildings with Chinese writing, or Chinese writing probably, all over it. That's, so you, uh, didn't, you, you, weren't, you weren't too game for the 4 o'clock start then? Well, no, I wasn't really. <laughs> I said to, to Bevan, right, I can, I can do 9 o'clock in the morning because we're doing this a day earlier than usual. Yep. I said, I can, I can go 9 o'clock in the morning and Bevan says, no, I can't do 9 o'clock. Well, I was meant to have a coaching session with someone at 8 o'clock in the morning. It would have been oh. 3 o'clock or something stupid Ooh. like that. And I was like, yeah, there's no way it's happening. So, right. um, no, we're definitely doing the del- delayed show for my behalf. Yes. Okay. And uh, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? Coffeesofhawaii.com. Get on it, get some tasty caffeine in your life. Athlinks.com. Get some tasty results in your life. And extreme endurance. Get some non-tasty supplements, but bloody good supplements from X Endurance. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got a bit of news. We've got an age grouper of the week. We've got a website of the week. We've got coaches. What's Coach's Corner on, mate? Oh, it's just a very brief one on bands-only swimming. Um, oh, it's, a, it. it's a topic, yes, and, and a lot of people do. Uh, it's a good exercise to do, so I just sort of talk a few, few tips on that. Well, I'll have some questions and some doubts that I'll bring and up. Can, and, and your input is valuable there because you're the type of athlete that this is often being targeted at and uh, your input will be important. Yeah, because I always felt like I was drowning, but we'll go later into that. (laughs) In this week's news, okay, so we've got news coming up. So first of all, uh, we've got the Ford Ironman Arizona coming up in this weekend, uh, 2,000 points for the race. And I, um, WTC, if you're listening, we still haven't resolved this issue we've got about being able to find the pro fields there. They've got the, the full list of athletes competing, and uh, but not the pros. So this weekend's race is a 2,000-point race. Um, so that's... Uh, kind of second you know, tier, mid- isn't it? Yeah, you've got this tier, and then you've got the, the, your regional championships, and then you've got your Hawaii on top of that. So pretty good points on offer, and really good prize money in terms of when you look at the whole series. It's a $75,000 race. Um, uh, so that's it's pretty good money for for the for the elite athletes. Uh, you know, if you look at um, Ironman Western Australia that's coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, they've only got twenty five thousand dollars there, and same as Ironman Australia, Ironman New Zealand has fifty thousand, but it's a two thousand point race. So there is quite a bit of variability in terms of uh, the amount of prize money they are required to put up. Um, but these guys are putting up seventy five grand, so good on them. And last year it was it was a pretty good race. Um, we had uh, Timo Brach to take yeah. it out. Resmussen uh, second. Yeah, and Tom Lowe, that was his first Ironman, came through uh, for third place, and, and the Rapster was there in fourth. And I've seen the Rapster is uh, doing his bike relief, if you go to slowtwitch.com, um, doing his uh, sort of uh, charity work there. I'm not sure if he'll be backing up or not, because he, he is now the world Short triathlon, course. no, a, a long, a, course, long course triathlon champion. Um, so backing up two weeks later to do an Ironman. We've certainly seen people do it before, so there's no reason why he can't do it. Um, but as I said, we haven't been able to access the start list to see if he is actually on the list or not. So good times coming up this weekend on the girls' side of things last year. As you notice, we are talking about last year now because we're, we're thin on news, but Chrissy Wellington crushed it last year, 8.36, winning by nearly 30 minutes over Lindsay Corbin and Leander Cave. So, 
uh, DSA, she won't be racing this year. This was her her comeback from um, her kind of disappointments the year before. So I would, I would be highly doubtful that she'll be up to defend her title. Well, normally this race is one of those races that people who didn't really necessarily do her so well at Kona kind of pop in, try to get some early season points, isn't it? It's yeah, and it's a bit good thinking if if you're in that um, if you're in that boat. It's, it's exactly what I'd be suggesting to a lot of people. Um, sure, you've had to hang on for a, an extra sort of five weeks post Kona, but for the guys that, that that race poorly in Kona, as a lot of people know, when you race poorly, you're often not able to to really push it home hard on the runs. So your recovery is often not not quite as long. Whereas somebody you know like a Pete Jacobs or a Craig Alexander who put it all out on the line and they were at absolute maximum effort, it's going to generally take them a lot longer physically and mentally to recover from the race so for those guys totally agree great place to pick up some points pick up some prize money and uh and if they're wanting to go to kona get themselves you know one step ahead of everybody else for next year you'll be interesting race this weekend because there's always always really fast course as well like at times from last year they're pretty smoking Mm. Ah, it's, it's looking good, and it's uh, it's a popular race. It's a it's a good seat, good time of the season for, for a lot of the northern hemisphere athletes. You know, right at the end of their their summer. So a bit like in, in New Zealand, we have Ironman at the end of our season. Um, you've had the whole season to build up for it. Um, you'd be able to do a variety of different races, and then and then uh, you know most racing in the states. In, in most parts of the states is well finished by now so you're able to do you know maybe the f- final four to six weeks of, of really focused Ironman training without um, interruptions of racing so uh, good luck to everybody racing yeah go you good things okay we've also got a new ultra distance iron distance triathlon in northern Nevada and uh, the juicinator, um, Nick Morales from tryjuice.com, fed us through this information. It's called the expeditionman.com, or expeditionman.com is the website. It's called the Expedition Man uh, Race. They're going to have a aqua bike option. They're going to have a f- uh, full distance race, and they're going to have a half distance race. So it just there's just so many races on now, and it, it looks a lot. Um, well price isn't the right word but it's a lot cheaper to enter than your WTC races so if you're looking for a, a new race um, yeah, in the, the desert there be, I'm sure it'll be somewhat challenging um, check it out but I guess what one thing I was going to say when I looked at this website is you know, if, if I was going to go out there and put on an iron distance race you almost need a two year lead in um, their race is going to be on August the 25th 2012 so yes I've given people plenty of advance warning um, but it's less than uh, less than a year uh, and so most people are going to have all their races already booked up for next year so I guess that's going to have a fairly big impact on their numbers and if you can't get it right in year one then you have the people going oh it was only a small race maybe I don't want to don't, don't want to do it so I really think if people are looking to organise races and want to have a big field first up uh, they get, they've, they've got to plan two, two, two and a half years in advance Well it's really interesting as well is it's like how do you you know look, Ironman puts on a race sells out straight away how do you, as someone who's going to do a race, how do you get, how do you get numbers? It's all it's the money, Bevan. You got to. Yeah, you've got to, we've seen to, some series come through. Like, what was that one hundred and one series? Remember where they they put a lot true. of money into it? They got all the pros, and they, nobody turned up. It's like you know, WTC used to have such a strong brand that attracts the crowds. Well, you, you know, you kind got of got to have that. You've got to have the point of di- you've got to have the point of difference. You're totally right. If you try to just match up with WTC and just go to you know prob- probably not the absolute best venue that you could, then you're going to fall short. And I think that's where where the Challenge Series try to make their point of difference is they try to pick really cool locations and. Uh, 
and, and that's their, one of their main point of difference. Now you've got Wanaka, obviously Rota's a little bit different, that's got the history, but then when they go to Cape Town, etc. Um, so you've really got to have your point of difference. I guess the hit series, their point of difference is they're going to... Had a nice little shake there, Bevan. You missed that one. Oh, um, nice. Haven't had one for a while. Yeah. Uh, their, their point of difference is, you know, they're having lots of races in one day, so it's going to be a whole festival type thing. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree. It's it's a big challenge. This one here, looking at the website, scenery looks um, looks fantastic. Looks like a lovely place to have a race, and, and that is going to be, I guess, one of their draw cards. The other big point of difference, you know, is whether you want to go for the pro field and whether you want to stump up big big prize money and hope that the, the age group athletes, which is going to be your bread and butter, will follow the pros to the race. Um, so these guys, by the look of it, are looking at the you know, nice scenery, um, end of season timing. So yeah, looks good. I suppose the, the question I have then is, is, as someone who wants to put on events, are you better off to not even do iron distance events? So let's say I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, I really want to go and I really want to get out there and start some races for my local community or, or put on a race or something like that. You know, you know, you chose not to go long, you chose to do a short distance event and maybe it's just because you saw where the market was, you know, like, do you need to actually think outside the box and go, well, actually, Ironman has so got this bloody market tied up that I need to actually think about doing something completely different or, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Um, it's, the, the challenge is when you go for long course races is uh, the logistics is uh, exponentially goes up. You know, one of the challenges is, you know, for, for my race, I put on a sprint distance race on a tight course. You know, it's only um, five kilometre laps on the the um, on the bike, and the runners. I, I don't really require too many helpers for the run, but I still need. Uh, I think I need about sixty um, marshals or sixty volunteers. Not, not volunteers. There's sixty officials out there on the course for, for for putting on a half or a full or anything like that. It just goes up massively, and that's part of your your big challenge is just getting the the people required to support you in the event so yeah a short course one is a lot easier to put on um, than than doing a long course and then it just comes down to the the finance side of things for long course races you've got to think about all the different uh, you know your aid stations how many aid stations you've got to have Um, you know if I was looking at one um, to do it at a more local scale I think you really need to look at that festival type thing and you need to have a multi-lap course that's relatively easy to manage but then then you're going to start losing that appeal of going out into the countryside and uh, yeah, it's, there's, there's no easy answer, Bevan. Otherwise, everybody would be putting on races. Everyone would be doing it, John. Unlike legends like you. Okay, well, also this week we got an email through from Mark. Um, we've got his last name here, but he was just telling us about what actually happened at the ITU World Long Course Championships. And Rapstar actually wrote a post on, I think it's Slow Twitch, just saying... Uh, basically, this one was cancelled. The water temperatures were 70 degrees, whilst air temperature was closer to 3 degrees, so it wasn't good. Uh wasn't turned into a duathlon, as it was a point-to-point bike course. So the, basically, the transitions were in different areas, 15 miles apart from each other. So they had to basically set them up. You know, Because they were set up in different locations, they couldn't really do a duathlon. Making a duathlon would have required moving the, tea, tea, the transitions, and it just wasn't realistic. So... I started reading the Raps' little report there, and I think, and he said uh, early on, and it it was uh, it wasn't a decision that was just a, you know, it was is in their rules, so they had no choice. They have a, a ruling based on um, water temperature versus air temperature, and if you pass a certain threshold, the storm gets cancelled. There's no arguments about it. That's just what happens. So um, they can't go blaming the the race director for making a dumb decision. The decision was was made in paper for him. So I suppose uh, the question then is, but if, if that is you know 17 degrees, and I know three degrees isn't warm, but 17 and three aren't killer conditions, like. 
Oh, I would uh, dispute that a little bit. Really? Um, 17 degrees is fine for swimming, but I mean, uh, we, we swam in Ashburton a couple of weeks ago and it was sort of probably 15 to 16 degrees and it was still pretty cool and thankfully you get out and it's warmish, but if you were doing that and getting into a cool conditions, yeah, if it was a sprint triathlon, you could probably get away with it, but you've got to think long distance triathlon, um, you've got to think for the elites, yes, they might be able to handle it, um, some of them, but some of them are pretty lean, but then you've really got to factor in the age groupers, and yes, it's a world championship, so they're 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 high level age groupers. Um, but you've got to think about your you know your seventy plus athletes, your sixty plus athletes, uh, how they react to cold conditions is probably not going to be the same as some um, buffed thirty uh, four year old gym instructor. You know what you do, John? You put a jacket on, harden up. That's yeah. Right, you know, there's, there's Take things called clothes. They're not doing it naked. Jeez, and a cement John. A couple of cement pills and that'd be right, That's eh? That's right. Take a, take a, well, a teaspoon of concrete and harden up. Yes. Okay, John, well, John's ITU update. What's the goss? Oh, it's going to be a big weekend oh, coming up. Oh, it's a big weekend. Big weekend. Big weekend in paradise. So we have the World Cup uh, coming to Auckland. So for those that don't follow the ITU circuit, you have the World Championship Series, which is like eight races. They're, the, they're, the, they're like your, your, your grand slams, um, and they finish off with a finale race. So they've been and gone. The last race was in uh, Beijing was the finale. Then they had Yokohama after that, which is a bit of a funny one. But the World Cup Series is the next tier below that. Still really, still good prize money. I think the prize money in Auckland Auckland's um, $50,000 US, Um, might be a little bit more than that, but I think that's what a lot of the World Cups are, and they they tend to draw strong fields, um, but just with a smattering of the the, the really, really good guys in there, or sometimes not any really, really world world top 10 sort of guys in there, but this one, we've got um, Bevan Doherty racing, we've got Chris Gemmel racing, obviously our two top Kiwis, uh, also Laurent Vidal from France, he's uh, typically finishes sort of between sort of 5 and 10 in races, World Championship Series races, so I think it'll probably come down to them, so a lot of guys um, just one tier below them, guys like Ronaldo Colucci, um, some of the other Aussies and um, various guys from all over the world, that's when, when, you, when you look at a... Um, an ITU race is just so many different countries represented. So a lot of these guys are going to be um, just ferreting around trying to get some points so they can actually qualify for the Olympics or qualify their country for the Olympics. So a few, few top, top guys. Um, a lot of uh, guys just next rung below and then the, you know, the field is filled up with guys just wanting to get um, some experience at that level. But it should be. It's an awesome course I've got designed um, all around the city centre of Auckland, like proper downtown Auckland around the Sky, sky Tower and um, a nice hilly bike course for them. So we might see some action there. But it's going to be good times. Do they, um, so they actually have points for the second tier competition for the, towards the Olympics? Totally, yep. yep oh, because uh, it, 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 it's a little bit like um, the World Champ Series, you know, if, I mean, like the, 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 IT, the WTC KPR system, you know, you go to a World Championship Series race, you're going to score heavier points, but if you win a World Cup race, you know, it might, I don't know what the exact crossover is, but that might be equate to like a 15th place or something on the, on the World Champ Series, or maybe even a 10th place, yeah. um, so less points available, uh, but it's all about getting enough points to get you highly ranked, uh, and then your country is ranked based on how many individuals you have highly ranked. So really, really important. Like for, for New Zealand, I think I've said this before, um, we, we need points and we need a lot of guys to be getting points so we can get some high-ranked athletes so we ensure we get three, three athletes to, um, to the Olympics. And there's a lot of other countries in a, in a similar boat, so it should be good times. Well, your second comment here, which is probably more interesting than Auckland this weekend, is that the Commonwealth Games are actually going to include a tri-team relay race in it. So how are they going about doing it? Do, do you know the format? 
Yeah, well, I'm 95% sure it'll be similar to what they do at the moment. They have a World Teams Champs every year. And so the the Commonwealth Games for, for non-Commonwealth countries is basically um, the, the beautiful Queen's countries. So Australia, New Zealand. Beautiful Queen, John. <laughs> All of the UK um, and any other sort of colonised countries uh, Canada, held every four years. It's yep. it's 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 um, it's losing its appeal uh, every time it seems to be held. Next one's in Glasgow, um, but this one is for the 2018. It's definitely included, and that's going. It was announced last week. It's going to be held on the Gold Coast. Uh, and the relay format, it's a mixed team. Uh, so you have two guys, two girls. Awesome. Uh, from memory, uh, the girl goes first. It goes girl, guy, girl, guy. Um, you do a super sprint triathlon. It's, I think it's 250 swim. Um, I think either 8 or 10K bike and then a 2K run. You tag and your next person goes off. So Great Britain won it this year. Um, the world champs with the, the Brownleys and I think Helen Jenkins and, and one other girl. Uh, so it's a cool format. And, and they're, they're pushing really hard with it uh, because... We need another medal sport, another medal uh, discipline in the Olympics, and uh, this is what they're going to be pushing for. So it's, it's not included in London, but I, I'm absolutely certain the ITU are going to be pushing pretty hard for it to be included in Rio. I uh, don't know if that's been decided, but that's what they'll be pushing for. So Comp Games is, is stage one, and uh, Olympic Games is stage two. You, you talk about we need, like this is a real, you know, like it's so important to get that second Olympic gold medal, medal in, in triathlon for the sport. Why is that so important? Because um, you know all, all national federations around the world, their funding is relative to uh, Olympic medals um, and pinnacle event medals, Olympics, World Championships, etc. And if every country in the world uh, can have another shot at getting a medal. Um, then they're going to have a better chance. You know, somebody like New Zealand, we might bomb out in London and not get any medals in the male or female race uh, individual. But if we manage to get a bronze medal in the, the team relay, then uh, we'll, we'll get more funding the next time around. Same deal for all other countries that rely on their, their funding. It's all about how many medals you can get. So if we had a, an individual ITU-style race, a, a medal a, a relay race, and then like a, an individual time trial or an Ironman, it would just be bliss because there'd just be so much more funding coming in so that's why it's really important that we we get it in there do with with it is um is it a really awesome spectacle I've never seen one in person. Um, it, it becomes quite tactical because uh, if, you know, if you can get a small little lead there and get away, you know, you can do someone like a Brownlee. They got they got a little one man breakaway, just a small way up the road. Um, and 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 who do you put first? You know, do you put do you put your Uber biker on on your first male leg to try to get away and then hang on for that run to give your next girl a little advantage? So you know, because different countries have got different strength athletes. You know, like the the um, the the Swiss they they won the title I think two years in a row and their team was not so many ITU rock stars but they were more fantastic all round athletes that were strong strong bikers as well yeah. so um, whilst Great Britain won this year I mean they've just they're so dominant um, you would kind of expect that but in other years uh, uh, the results have been a little bit different so it's uh, it, it, it looks good it's, it's short it's fast action. Um, and yeah, I like it. It's it's interesting that they've gone more towards the shorter stuff than you know going towards the longer stuff. 
who's going to watch the long stuff unless you, your triathletes are going to watch it, but your general public are not going to be watching yeah, the long you, stuff. When so. the Olympics are on, you know, like when you're watching, if you're sitting down watching, I know nowadays, you know, pretty much every sport has its own channel when it comes to the Olympics, but, you know, you do tend to just sit down and watch all day and things come and go. And like, you know, actually, if anything, long course triathlon is probably best suited to an Olympic day where you, you start in the morning and you go, okay, well, I'm going to watch some gymnastics and they'll show you the swim starts of the triathlon and then they'll go away and they'll come back. You know what I mean? Like it's, it could fit Again, in that format. It, it could, but I think uh, I don't know. We, 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 I think we've got a very clouded view of things because we're we're, we're sports nutters, um, and you know they need to appeal to a mass mass audience. You're so giving me nothing today, are you? You're giving me. I'm nothing. not giving you anything. I, 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 I would love to see the Ironman included in there. Um, well, even but, like the long course championship distance, you know, like like you know, I can understand why they're doing what they're doing, but it, is, it would be nice to eventually see some longer stuff in there. It'd be good for our sport because it brings more money into the the athletes that oh, are competing yeah. and. You know, like our sport could be so much stronger if we had that kind of money and backing in it. Totally. I guess uh, WTC and ITU would have to become very close friends for that ever to happen. But for the pro athletes, if I'm just hypothetically, if Ironman got on the Olympics, it would totally change the dynamic of our sport because yeah. all of a sudden, Kind-tops all that we talked important. about last week, yeah. we talked last week about guys saying, I don't want to be part of my national federation, all of a sudden, all those individual athletes that are out there racing Ironman at the moment that all of a sudden come back under the national radar and uh, it would be it would be it'd be hard to manage but it would be awesome well the other thing as well is, is WTC would poo their pants wouldn't they because you know really the, the gold card you know they've got such a strong brand but the gold card is always Kona if the mm. Olympics come along and you know and there wouldn't be a WTC run thing would it so all their events would lose a lot of their pros and, and you ask any athlete you know when we ever sit down with athletes the idea of going to the Olympics is most athletes biggest dream so Kona mm. would just lose its trump card wouldn't it mm. it would be very interesting it would be fascinating times John okay John well you had the auction you, you got you got all our gear you got our green t-shirt you got the, the gel that everyone was talking about on all the forums. That's, that was a goal. You know, the gel, honestly, just, we've been bombarded with emails asking about the gel. And uh, and we got lots of stuff from Conan. You had an auction on eBay. I didn't even care. I didn't even see what happened. What happened, John? We got $177 nice. to go to uh, 177.50 to go to Challenge Athletes Foundation. I was quite happy with that. Who was, who was uh, the legend that bought that? Peter McLeod, the legend that he is, friend of the show from Australia, regular nice. visitor to, Christ, to Christchurch. Um, I think he, he is a former Cantab, I think. Um, yeah. So good to good to see. He's going to get that all that swag, and he's going to feel like he had part of the Kona experience. And he's going to be able to put the poster up on his wall. He's going to be able to read the program. He's going to have a coffee every day, and his yeah. like, Ironman coffee mug. He's going to be loving Extreme it. Extreme endurance. Yes, he's going to be. But really, he wants to save that gel because the gel's not a normal gel, John. It's like when you're playing video games. You know when you're playing video games and you take the booster, or mm-hmm. or the was it the, the Snooby snack, Scooby snacks. Yeah, yes. the Scooby snack. It's it's like that. It's it's that you know when the key moment in your life when you're racing and you feel it's all going to crumble, you take that gel then, Peter, because that's going to be life changing gel. It's got some of those mythical powers from, right. from Kona, from, from the, the gods. Kona gods. Kona. That's right. Yes. We've got Mark Allen to give it to it. Mark Allen, Mark Allen, bless the gel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, sponsor. Athlinks.com. We've got uh, Ironman Arizona coming up this weekend, and there's a plethora of athletes racing um, from the Athlinks community. Plethora. And, and there's also the, uh, what the all, all plastered all over their, their wallpaper is the ING. 
uh, Miami Marathon and Half Marathon on January the 29th, 2012. So if you go to athlinks.com, you click on that, it'll go off there and you can go do yourself a, you a, uh, a marathon, a New Year marathon. Good timing, actually. For guys that are, uh, that are looking to do a bit of running focus and you want to go somewhere which I'd imagine is nice and warm, 29th of January, well, good timing. Is, John, as well, when we think about this, is Miami's meant to be a pretty good party town. So son, if you're going to go to Miami, you know, welcome to Miami. Yeah, yeah. on. Okay, John, so let's name some names. Who's racing this weekend? So, so Mark Weinberg, he's got an RPI of 7.4, which means he uh, should be in the top 7.5% of his age group. He's a 50-year-old, and he's, uh, he's PR is a 10.02 and average 10.50. PR 10.02, so close to that sub-10. Mm, uh, Craig... Miskin, he's he should be predicted to be in the top twenty eight and a half percent in his age group. He's predicted a ten twenty nine fifty nine. So he wants to break the ten and a half hour barrier, which is going to be a thirty four minute thirty five minute PB. Nice. So go Craig, you good thing. Uh, who else is going to finish? Who's going to finish in the top half of their age group? Oh, Joseph well, Long, he's going to finish in the, the top forty eighth percentile of his age group. He's got he's looking at going from a twelve oh two, and his one and only Ironman listed on Athlinks. Doing a ten fifty nine. Well, general general link, I think it is link. He's done sixty seven races on Athlinks, so nice. this is probably pretty accurate. His his PB to this point is a ten thirty two, but he's trying to step it up, John. He's trying to lose half an hour to go at nine fifty nine fifty nine. Nice. And let's have a couple other predictions here. David Wills, he's uh, he's looking at he'll be predicted to finish in the top sixty five percent of his age group. He's looking to knock an hour off his PB. He's going nice. from twelve thirty two to eleven twenty nine. Nice. And yeah, anyway, one thing on on Athens, they've got the number which is a hundred, or you don't even have an RPI. That's because you either don't have a race listed, or it's not quite particularly accurate. So there's a few people there. So uh, good luck to everybody racing um, this weekend. If you, as we said, if you're doing a race that's coming up, you just uh, plug it into Athens, uh, click on the events, and see if it's already listed in Athens. If it's not, um, you chuck it into the details in there. If it is, you just add the race to your calendar, and then you get to show up on here, and you can. Uh, uh, see where the RPI ranks you and you can also put in your prediction and you might get yourself mentioned on the show nice good work go to athlinks.com your social networking for endurance athletes yes okay team so we've, uh, we've actually had an official break in the show now you guys don't hear it because that's how we roll in this podcasting world it's not live and I've actually been downstairs and had breakfast and uh, done some emails and put my washing on and what have you been doing John? I've been uh, picking up Thomas from preschool, had a little bit of lunch, uh, and that's about it. Well, we're back in in the flow of things, John. Well, this week's discussion of the week is we're basically with the WTC officially announcing the uh, lottery format from here forward. We're kind of interested to see if you guys thought it was a good thing or if you'd make any adjustments to it, and uh, it's rock and roll, eh? So how Tao, personally, I think it devalues the world champs if that's what they want to call it. It's their brand so they can do what they like. It should be a qualification only. If I ran 12 times 100 metre races, should I mean I get to go to the Olympics? Only the best should make it. And they should put on another event for all others that qualify through 17.3s, lotteries or times 12 races if they want to sell the Ironman Kona experience. Doing another event a week later or earlier would be a great income for them and for the island. Oh, okay, I just lost my page here. Okay, well, I'm going to go with, um, here we go, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just having technical problems. Okay. Being a running man, sure, uh, I think it would be an improvement. It rewards those who are dedicated to our sport and have shown it by completing a number of races. I still won't enter the lottery, but I think it's a better system. 
Cool. Uh, Brad Cooper, hold the lottery race on Saturday and increase the field if you want to. Then that would allow the real race to take place with an additional 200 actual qualifiers on Sunday. Okay, got it's certainly an improvement on how the lottery system has been run and addresses the fact that not only are winners getting faster, but the number of races are growing. Uh, as the number of races grows, there are less slots for each race anyway. I'm halfway there, so obviously it doesn't. Um, if my body doesn't crap out, I'll keep going. But deep down, if I ever get there via lottery, I'll know I didn't do it because I was the best on the, any given day. Having said that, um, how many of the... I'd never enter the lotteries because it's just not right, Braggers. Uh, have race coners in a roll-down slot. Technically, you weren't the best on a given day anyway, so luck has just worked your way. So, true. Uh, not that I would use it, but the Iron Man was meant to be the everyman for that reason. I think there should be a lottery system of some kind. I think it should be 200 slots, and it should be done, given out on a ratio as per numbers of triathletes in each country, numbers by given by the national governing body. Uh, therefore, it encourages people to be members of clubs. Hey, Bev, wink, wink. wink and wink. It, would also, it would also mean the WTC has more contact and dealings with each country's federation rather than being separate, a separate entity that seemingly operates with its own interests at heart and not that of the athletes I would also have to, it would also draw in the public okay well good old, who was it that was Ed Hawkins wasn't it that was Ed Hawkins yep yep so um, Simon Allen god what a bunch of moaners I wouldn't take it <clears throat> it deviates from the world championships I hope you lot don't use carbon tri-bikes, aero helmets, Project X wetsuits, personal coaches, all ways to buy speed. We all know that it takes a massive amount of time and personal commitment to finish just one Ironman, so I can only imagine the dedication achieving uh, attached to doing 12. Remember what was said in the interview, we want to reward the athletes, the individuals who love and are dedicated to our sport, but they just don't have to be, they just aren't fast enough, he's paraphrased it. If Kona was truly an event for the only the very best in our sport, why is the cutoff time still 17 hours? Surely we should choose, just chosen the fastest athletes in the world and forgotten about the age group system. I thank the WTC for giving every athlete who loves the sport the actual possibility of living the dream. I am 45 and have been doing events for three years and I am doing my first middle distance triathlon race next year. I will begin my challenge to get to Kona. I will try my very best uh, to get there by speed and I will do, thank WTC to give me the opportunity to get there by overcoming my biggest hurdle myself. Brilliant. Oh, this thing goes on about us. So that was an interesting comment. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so I've done a wine. Have you got any others you want to read out? Or yeah? um, so, oh, Tony agrees with some, Simon. Um, I'll go Christine McKinley. Uh, here, here, Simon. I couldn't have put it better. Oh, everyone just loves Simon from the forward, basically. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> your thoughts, John? Uh, my thoughts are I, I don't like having a lottery system to start with, um, but... Have, given they have a lottery system, I think this is a definite improvement um, because you're awarding the I don't know the hardcore loyal ones out there who who've gone out there and tried and tried and tried and, and can't get there because they're not fastness. So I like that. I think that's a far better system than just having a lottery. So um, whilst if they're still going to have a lottery, I think this is a definitely a really good strong step in the right direction. I think whether or not you have a lottery is a, is a topic for I don't know whether it's another discussion or not. But um, I. I think one thing that came through in this, this sort of thread was, um, you know, having these the inspirational stories and things like that. And I'm kind of wonder um, whether 
those inspirational stories actually come from via the lottery system because I think they're an important part of the sport and they, they, they help the NBC coverage and they help get people into the sport. Um, but I really wonder whether they come via the lottery system or they come via invites because um, I was on uh, runtry.com and I noticed on there that uh, in 2011 there was 1,935 um, total kind of slots. 1527 came from qualifying events. Um, pro slots was estimated around about 150. You get them the lottery, it was 200 slots. The Hawaii lottery, um, which is a separate one together, that's another 44 slots. Um, the physically challenged lottery, that's five slots. The Ironman executive challenge, that's 25 slots. And then other um, and I think this is estimated was at 49, and that's like NBC sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think the first thing they do is get rid of that executive challenge. Um, <laughs> You're not a fan, John. <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, and then you've, you've got, you know, 250 slots there from, from, from lotteries. So I think of those 250, um, the big the, the island ones, I think they're an important part of the, the sport, a lot of to get the, the local interest and get everybody involved in it. The international lot, you know, now we've got 200 slots, 100 for the for the 12-timers and 100 for, for, for general lottery. Um, so I certainly think it's a step in the right direction, but if people go on about the argument of, yes, we need these inspirational stories, um, I would probably be inclined to believe that they probably come from those 50 sort of discretionary slots that they leave out there rather than the lottery ones. So, um, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the lottery. So I don't know much about how they find these stories, but when Tracy Richards did, uh, she's a New Zealander who did, mm-hmm. Iron Man Kona was one of the stories one year, now she wouldn't have qualified would have she? I would doubt it. I'm not. I, w- I wouldn't know, but I would have. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't be too sure on that. But yeah, I would imagine that those type of stories, um, fantastic stories that they are, do not come via the lottery. Because but, what are your odds? You well, know? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the thing is, is that um, you know, when when the sport came along, when the the family sold the company to the business, you know, they they basically said, you know, we want to have the every man a chance to still do this race, and at that stage, they were in a, in a part of the the sport, or at least the long distance triathlon, where um, people weren't, you know, like there was only one race, or there was only a couple exactly. races around, so you know, it was kind of and and you know, it was quite easy for anyone to get into the race, and so. Um, and whereas now there's lots more opportunity to do races around the world, so you know you may not get to do a Kona if you're through a lottery, but you can do a, you can definitely do an Ironman in most places in the world nowadays. So is a lottery system a good system? I don't know. In some ways, I kind of do like the fact that some people, you know, everyday persons can still do Kona. Um, I actually think I do like this new system. I do like the, um, you know, the twelve. If you do twelve, because I do think that. You know, for the person who's done twelve Ironman, you absolutely love the sport. You know, you're not you're not you know one and come and go. You know, you're someone who's really stuck at the sport for a real long period of time, and and the Kona experience is, you know, it's like going to the moon in our sport. And you know, I think that we should be rewarding those people. So I actually think it's a pretty good system. Well, yeah, I agree. I think it's a it's an improvement, um, but I totally agree that now there is opportunity for those people that want the Ironman experience. They can they can go to so many different places to do it. Um, so I think it's a step in the right direction. But yeah, I'd like to see the executive challenge get chopped. I think the inspirational stories are important. So those slots that that they they leave um, just sort of discretionary ones, I think they're important. Um, and I, I would like to reward. I, I think one stipulation I'd really like to see in there is if, if they're going to have a lottery, you can't go on the lottery unless you've done an Ironman. I don't like the fact that people can, can go and 
have Kona as their first Ironman. Um, oh, okay. That's, okay. that's my opinion. Well, what's, what's the story of the executive challenge? Do you know how it actually works? We can maybe focus on that next week. It's basically pay. <laughs> yeah, it's basically pay a lot of money to 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 do. You've still got to qualify, so you've still got to be um, moderately fast. But they've got their own qualifying slots. So there's X number of executive challenge races. You pay X dollars to be part of the executive challenge at say Ironman Placid or or wherever it might be. And then at that race, there might be I don't know three, four, five slots or whatever. Um, and so if you're in the top handful of executives. Then you get you get in via that way. So it's you still got to be handy. Um, you, you can't be you know um, back of the pack sort of athlete and just buy your way in. Um, but you're certainly making it a lot easier for yourself. Okay, we've got uh, this week's discussion coming through, and it's uh, it's an anonymous one actually. To be honest, and they're, they're looking at going pro next year, and they just got a question. They're going. You get a lot of ex-pros racing age group who have a lot of exposure, but what's your view on these third-tier pros who are trying to break into the pro standard racing while holding down jobs, etc.? They seem to just sit in the forgotten realm of tribe because they want to challenge themselves and race the best. I'm not talking about the guys who are third-tier pros or students racing pros, but guys who work 40-hour weeks in relation, uh, related jobs but still cut out that mustard. Uh, I would be interested to know if you have the best finishers in pro categories who are still working in nine to five. So that's really the discussion. Is of not it doesn't have to necessarily have to be completely current, um, but if uh, if the people you know out there, the pros that you know out there that are that are proper working athletes, you know they're doing thirty hours plus a week um, and are performing well. So we want to give those guys a bit of recognition, and uh, who knows, might even you know, might even get some of them on the show to figure out how they achieve. Um, a very high level of performance while still holding down uh, either a full-time or very close to full-time job versus, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, not a lot, but a lot of athletes out there will probably have some coaching on the side and do a bit of that. But we're talking guys that, you know, probably have a, a more regimented sort of office deal um, where they are working, you know, pretty much all year round and uh, we just want to give them a little bit of love and, and then so, figure so, out so, how, how, they make it, how they make it happen. So wait a second, the discussion is name the names of people. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, so share the love team. That's what we're doing today. We're going to share the love of, of, of athletes that you know are amazingly fast, you know, could sit in that kind of, you know, sub-nine kind of category. Um, amazing, but also working 40 hours a week. And, we're on a, and, and maybe you tell us why you think they're amazing. Yes. Yes. Very good. Okay, we're not going to do music, John. Age group of the week. Group of the week. We've got old Candice uh, Wissbrocker sent through this one um, and it says one year two months and six days that is the time it took for my husband to go from a nearly dead <laughs> to an Iron Man this is why I recommend Tim how do you say that name John I'm going to go Weissbroker Weissbroker is age grouper of the week July 5 2010 is a day that our families will always remember Tim was training for the Door County half Ironman race when an SUV hit him from behind and sent him flying a hundred feet into a tall grass in the ditch fortunately there were witnesses but just barely as this was a hit and run wow that's pretty poor uh, when I found out about the accident I was devastated it was the most devastating news in my life when I saw him in the IC I thought he was dead or dying and the doctors did not know what to think Tim was in a coma for four days then he came to this began the struggle that was Operation 
keep him still. This man just wants to keep go, go, going. From the very first day awake, he tried to get his neck brace off <laughs> and break the straps that they had him to tie him down due to him trying to be get out of bed. He had a total of 12 broken bones, including neck, back, pelvis, and ankle. His ankle required surgery, but he was able to take the time and have his back heal naturally. Although that is where the struggle began, since he was not completely still. But praise God he is healing to heal today. So he was so determined to get back into racing that he worked extremely hard and consistent at therapy. In fact, they didn't even have him go to a therapist because he was doing far more than they would have had him do. He was just ahead of the game. Turner joined the local racing team, Sprots Bright. How do you say one, John? Sprockets? Sprockets bike, sure. Yep. Um, before the accident and was very excited about being able to support his friend's business as well as having fun while doing what he loves. He has numerous races lined up, including the Half Iron in Door County. He had been thinking really hard about doing the Ironman Madison, but opted out to try for 2011. Just two months after his accident, Tim volunteered Ironman Madison 2010. He worked in transition in full back brace and walking boot. It was quite a sight to say lease but he knew that if he volunteered he would have the dibs at registering for the race next year and he did that he was committed he trained and trained and trained then the big day came he had full support from the family tim finished in a time of 11 49 30 over an hour better than what he was planning for for my husband tim was it was broken weiss broker uh as age group of a lifetime to me and i hope you see him as an age group of the week thank you very much Wow. Nice. That's a great story. That's the uh, Tim, you know, right into WTC. And you might get yourself one of those 50 discretionary slots to uh, yeah, Dakota. Go for it, yeah. Stories, stories like that is, uh, is and that's the thing. Um, whilst uh, Hal Tao and people like myself, you know, we sometimes take the elite angle um, side of things. Sometimes. 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 I think, you know, stories like this are fantastic. But, you know, someone like Tim, if he wanted to get to Kona and win the, the lottery, he's probably got like one in whatever 10,000 chance of getting it whereas um, it would be you know offer a lot more inspiration for people that are struggling if he was to be given one of those discretionary spots so Tim get in there get in there but one of the, the other, one of the other things that I love, I love out of this is um, the good thing that they do at, at Ironman races like at um, Madison which I think Madison's um, Wisconsin I assume my American geography is not great no. but I think it's a great thing that they have that if you register if you go and volunteer at the race then you get a, a little bit of a head start on, on the registration process I think it's a great idea for yep. getting people to see the other side of the sport and uh, and it, is, it can be really quite enjoyable so I think that's a fantastic initiative they have there it also rewards volunteers doesn't it Mm, totally but you know let's look at Tim in this situation man imagine being hit by an SUV like that's such a traumatic experience you know and, and obviously he's a, he's a pretty strong character because even as he's bloody dying he still just wants to get out and start moving so you know good on you Tim because most people in these situations you know it's a pretty good excuse to kind of have some time off and you know do other things in life but you've really taken this as a chance to you know be the best version of yourself and inspire those around you so mate you really do deserve to be our age group of the week so Tim Weiss Broker. You are our age group, age group of the week. week. Okay, John, we're going to do a bit of a pause because I've got to run and check my washing. I'll be back in two okay. minutes. Okay, I'll pause right now. Um, okay, John, I'm back. I'm, my washing's still going. This is the longest washing machine of all time. Don't want anybody stealing it, though, do you? Don't want your washing going missing. Well, the problem is, it's been on for an hour and it still looks like it's in the soak part. Yeah. Oh, no. You're not going to make it back to New Zealand. It'll still be going. I know. I'm slightly concerned. Okay, John, next sponsor. Sponsor is Coffees, Coffees. of Hawaii. 
they have got a new Thanksgiving roast out, Bevan. If you're outside of America, Thanksgiving probably doesn't mean a hell of a lot to you. But for what those Thanksgiving, America, John? It doesn't mean a hell of a lot uh, to me. I don't really don't, understand Bevan, it. Bevan, just don't ask me questions <laughs> I don't understand. You know, you can ask me, ask me most triathlon questions. I'm happy to discuss. But I just, I'm, I, my American general knowledge is pretty limited. So, But for those of you over there, for our 2011 limited edition offering, we have chosen a custom roasting of our 100% Maui mocha, uh, grown in... Ooh, Anapale, uh, these extremely small beans have a rustic sweetness, intense fruit flavour and semi-oily finish. Notes of honey and maple sugar are balanced out with a little grain. Sure to complement your traditional feasts of thanks. So get on there. Um, if you want to get a pound of that, it's 25 bucks US. Um, and you can get that in any sort of grind, whole wheel and coarse grind, regular grind, drip grind, espresso grind. And if you use your I Am Talk codes, I Am Talk, uh, you get yourself a nice discount off that and away you go. John, I've been doing some, some wiki work while you have uh, been wall talking away there. And if I go on to Wikipedia and check out Thanksgiving, basically I think it's kind of like a celebration for the end of the season or for the crop coming in. Right. Okay. Yes, I think it's kind of like thanks for saying for the food coming in. And yes, although I'm sure lots of people in America right now are going, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> but apparently roast turkey is pretty awesome at Thanksgiving. And, uh, yep, so, and it happens every, wait a second, if you go in Canada, because it's a mainly a Canadian and American thing, and it's every second Monday in October in Canada, and every fourth Thursday in November in the United States. If it's on Wikipedia, it must it be true. It must be true. So, if you've already got Thanksgiving coming up this weekend, so it's obviously in America this weekend. Yeah, it must be. It was the fourth, one, two, three, no, it must be next week, the there 24th. Yes, get on there quickly. Wherever you are in the world, thanks. Just get, get in there and thanks. Say thanks to Coffees of Y for providing Thank us with such right. awesome Thanks coffee. for giving me great coffee. Yes, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving coffee. Yes. Beautiful. Coffeesofwai.com. Check it out, team. It's the world's most amazing coffee, and, and we highly recommend it. So you guys get on there, check it out. They're sending it out, and they've got great customer service. And you may send over an email, tell them how much you love this stuff. So all good with Coffees of Hawaii. John, so what have we got next? Coach's Corner. What's Coach's happening, Corner. Mate? Well, you can tell me about your experiences first. Start with bands only, um, okay. because we're going to just have a bit of a look at bands only and a few tips uh, on, on how to do it, um, why you should do it. But uh, yeah, always interested to hear from people that have um, given it a go. Well, it was really interesting with bands. Look, admittedly, I haven't really swam much in the last three or four years, but or last couple of years at least. But admittedly, I always found bands only. I always doubted the point in doing it because I understood that the idea of bands only was to really get a lot more of an upper body workout and to try to focus on keeping the hips as high as possible when you're swimming. So you know, so you create this drag. But I was so poor at it that my, I was basically swimming like an owl, you know, like the mm-hmm. letter L for the legs just dragging me down. So I found. I was just like it didn't help my technique at all. I didn't find I got much strength work from it. I felt I was just fighting the whole time in a way that wasn't mm-hmm. there was no value in it. So I did it occasionally, but to be honest, I kind of steered away from it. Yeah. So I'd generally say for people that are um, greater than one hour for the swim, um, it's going to be a real challenge to to do pure bands only with um, a band only on. Um, you know, you may there may be some options of doing band with a pull boy, which I'll go into. So greater meaning right. slower than. 
Yes, over one hour. Okay, because yep. I mean, you 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 were a um a mid fifty fives. I mean, you got hey, down to hey, sort of 50, 53, 53, 53. Um, 53. And yeah, I would what say that most people most people <laughs> over one hour um are really going to struggle because you need to be a fairly fairly competent swimmer and be moving through the water quick enough that you aren't going to sink because it will slow your velocity down. And if you've got a lot more weight, you, like you know, I was pretty lean, you know, in those times, and so like if you're carrying a lot more weight, that's obviously going to be you know, in the water, it's well, going to be hard to pull through. Yes and no. Um, weight can, can often help your buoyancy. And one thing that I'm finding out with my kids, and I don't know if I've talked about this before, but um, some people are just sinkers. And like with, uh, I take Thomas and Felicity um, swimming, and you know Thomas jumps into the water and he's um, relatively buoyant and uh, and doesn't sink super quickly. When Felicity jumps in the water, she just sinks straight to the bottom of the pool, just like a stone. Yeah. Straight to the bottom. Wow. Um, so I, I wonder if inherently some people are more sinkers than others because you certainly find that with some people they, they work and they work so hard, they're swimming for so long and they just don't get any faster despite often having good techniques. So um, I'd be interested to know if, if there is any research on that side of things if anybody knows about it. But really the idea with bands only right is to get a, um, a bit of strength workout um, but it really is to help identify also your catch and really work that part of your stroke. You can't fake bands only it's because uh you just no. you just drown otherwise yeah. so you've, you've got to, you, you know you can fake most things you know when you're out biking you can well fake, you can, you can fake it this is why i discovered an epic camp because when i was in epic camp because <laughs> <laughs> when i was in epic camp we had to do a thousand bands only wasn't it was it a thousand bands yes. only yeah yeah and i wanted the points so i did it and i noticed that old del campo did a bit of a slight kick as he was oh, doing yeah. bands only he's kind of doing a bit of the basically the old shagging the water trick the hips were yeah. moving quite a lot to get his feet up and I kind of figured out pretty quickly into my thousand bands only pretty much 25 metres into it, I was dying that I wasn't going to make it unless I could copy old Tel Campo's trick so basically I shagged the water for a thousand metres <laughs> yeah, that, that was, so if you're going to cheat it basically pretend you're making love to the water that's the trick there you go. Um, generally, you need you want to have a band that's tight enough that you can't do that. You, you often see that in some of the slower lanes. You're swimming along and you see these snap bands on the bottom of the pool because people have been trying to kick so hard that they break the band up. But uh, yeah, it really um, forces you to try, try to catch the, wor- the water. It gives you a really good strength workout. Um, but the one thing is, is when you first start it, as Bevan said, it's going to be really, really difficult to do. So it does take quite a bit of time to become efficient at it. And, um, and as I said, it just gets you out of the comfort zone. Zone, it's pretty pretty uncomfortable. Can I challenge um, you here? Because like sometimes it's like sometimes when you're good at something, you forget how hard it is for people who aren't good at it. And <clears throat> like for you, you've always been such a strong swimmer. So, and I'm not not saying you don't understand that you know yep, people yep. who don't do bands only. But so for me, when I was doing it, I just didn't see any value in it because I was just such a battle. Like I didn't see, I wasn't focusing on getting good, you know, a stride length out or or catching the water or anything. I was just thinking I was just got to try to keep moving. Yep. So, you know, the progression for you could have been um, perhaps done in a slightly different way where you may have started by wearing your band a bit more regularly when you're doing some pull work. You know, often people would just chuck in their pull boy and, and take that for a bit of a break. But if you put, even if you just put your band on when you've got the pull boy in there, then at least you'll start to get used to that sensation. Nice. And um, maybe some of the points that I'll give you might have, um, might have helped so you can get back into the pool, Bevan, and give them a try. Yep, but I'll be there one, tomorrow. Yeah, the, the main thing is, is that you've got to start out really short and, uh, and plenty of rest is fine um, and just trying to get you know from one end to the other rather than treating it as an inter- interval type workout you know you focus on the 25 at hand just do a 25 meter one 
good strong push off the wall um, and I'll, I'll talk through a few couple of other points and then at the other end of the pool you have as much rest as required before you push off on your next one if you're constantly going hypoxic and just uh, just battling and trying to make a certain time then it is going to become a bit of a drown fest so um, what, the one thing I would say is yeah you need to understand why you're doing it and uh, and how you, how you should be doing it so I'd suggest to a lot of people is um, is have a look online at some some, some underwater footage if you just go onto um, YouTube or something and search for Ian Thorpe underwater or or Grant Hackett or um, probably Phelps or someone Thorpe has generally got um, some some really good footage and actually see what we mean by what the catch is supposed to be so that is when you first put your hand into the water and your elbow just flexes out ever so slightly and your hand comes down what most people will do is their hand just pushes straight down towards the bottom of the bottom of the pool so you're not actually getting any forward propulsion you're basically getting sort of almost vertical propulsion and it's not doing anything for your strokes so if we can get that catch initiated a little bit more then you're probably going to find um, the doing the bands only a little bit easier so if you can get some online footage have a look at that and then what I suggest to most people is you actually go and practice in front of the mirror trying to get that catch movement going um, and just practice 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 in front of the mirror and then when you actually go into the, the water you'll at least have some idea of the motor skills involved to get some sort of catch and practice that when you're actually swimming not just when you're practicing your bands only and hopefully that will make um, be, be one step of the transition to making it a bit easier um, the other thing I'd really encourage people to do not just when they're doing bands only but is to always have a really good streamline off the water so you can actually get that sensation of moving through the water really quickly and again if you don't know what I mean by a good streamline have a look at it, some underwater footage of a really good swimmer and you'll see they push off their, arm, their head is um, tucked in below their arms their body is like a surfboard really long and strong good strong push off the wall good strong kick and then you pop up at the surface and you've got reasonable velocity to get yourself going um that's my next point trying to relax uh easier than done i know bevan because i'm talking from a point of view of somebody who doesn't have an issue with swimming but but trying to relax and uh, and not fight to get to the end of the end of the pool yeah because that's Keeping where i live to be honest Mm. And um, but I think if you if you can get that good streamline, you know you, that that get, gets you that initial good speed, and you can, should be able to carry that through. You know, in the first ten meters, then try to sort of relax, and then uh, and then you're almost at the end. But keeping your head down is really important because, as you pointed out, the, the, as soon as you put a band only, the first thing that happens is your legs drop and your hips typically drop as well. So if you can keep your head down just a little bit lower than what you would normally, um, that is going to help your hips just stay a little bit higher um, and going to make you move through the water a little bit easier. the, the amount of breathing you're doing, um, that is also going to affect how low your hips get. Each time you lift your head, your hips are going to drop down a little bit. So ideally, you want to be breathing every three, four, five strokes and just trying to keep it nice and relaxed. If you do two-stroke breathing and you're constantly gagging for, for breath, again, your legs are going to keep dropping down. And one thing I think you do need to remember is your stroke rate does go up. Um, but you want to try to keep it nice and relaxed, good strong push off, just get into a nice rhythm, not too many breaths, and as I said, just doing it 25 by 25. Okay. Um, as I said, if you're, if you're a, a weaker swimmer or somebody that doesn't come from a swimming background, um, introduce this by doing pool boy plus band. Um, that You'll still probably find that quite a challenge, um, but, but do plenty of that. You know, I'm not saying go to bands only tomorrow. I'm saying just have it as a bit of a goal to, walk, to work towards, and if you use that pool boy initially, then uh, that's a good, good step. And what about pedals? 
Uh, paddles, uh, that, that, what that's going to do sometimes is going to, it's a good strength workout. So, you know, often you'll, you'll see swim coaches put in there like full gear where you'd be paddles, pool boy, and a band. And again, if you're quite competent, that's, it's good because that, uh, is going to give you more of a strength workout. The one thing that it's going to do is if you've got a, a slow stroke turnover, it may not, you know, the, the, the benefit of the extra water you might push is probably going to be traded off by slowing your stroke rating down. So I would suggest for people who are starting out probably not to do it because it does also add a lot of extra strain on your shoulder. So I'd probably suggest not initially. For more advanced swimmers, um, uh, yeah, I would suggest the paddles I generally suggest doing is, is full gear work rather than with the band only. And as I said, just start with 25s, you push off, nice strong streamline, get to the other end, Take as much rest as you require and then do your next one. And it might be that in a session you just do uh, 425s at the end of uh, end of most of your session, or at the end of, say, one or two sessions per week um, and just keep doing 425s until you've really mastered that before you look at doing you know, 825s or 625s or, or 50s or 100s or 1,000 bands only. You know, just start small and it just takes plenty of time to become efficient and get used to it. Um, and hopefully if people take those sort of that staggered progression, um, it might be a lot easier because once you do get comfortable doing bands only it is a fantastic strength strength workout and uh and, and, and just fantastic for working the catch part of your stroke and eliminating the the dead spots in, in your stroke a bit like when you do single leg cycling you know when you first start doing that it's very often up and down up and down up and down and once you practice it for, for plenty of time then you start to get those really smooth circles and uh and that's sort of what you're trying to do with the this bands only exercise as well Oh, sounds interesting. That's good. Okay, so if you are... Get, get, get back on it, Bevan. I'm, I'm, it's going to make the difference for you. I know it is. I'm actually going to go to tomorrow, John, and I'm just going to do a 1,000 bands again, just because I'm feeling that good. Yeah, it's, it's valuable, valuable lesson. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Okay, then. Um, website of the week. How did you say this last name? Jason... Oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just, we're gonna make a pig's ear of this. Um, J U S Z, Z A K, which I'm gonna go Jusak, 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 something like that. It's a, I don't know. It's Eastern European or Russian or Polish or something like that. Well, he sent us through an email and he sent us through a website, which is a really great website. It's called um, The Fear Model for basically figuring out how you're going to be at different speeds at different ages for marathons and different sports, isn't it? It is. And it's based on it's, it's some research um, that was done and they came up with a bunch of formulas. Uh, and what was interesting, the research is on, on running and, uh, and playing chess, which seems like a, an odd and combination. Swimming. And swimming. Um, So it was done by a guy called Ray Ray C. Fair um, from the Cowles Foundation, Yale University, and it was done in 2007. And you can go onto the the website that we'll have a link to, and you can put in your 100, 200, 400 metre track running. And then it's got a lot of the short distance swimming. So I think it's probably skewed a bit more towards short distance stuff. And then it's also got high jump and chess. Uh, But then it's also got all other running. And so what I've done is uh, you go on here and if, uh, I'm going to put – you put in your time. So I'm going to put in my time from uh, the Auckland Marathon, which was 2 hours uh, 38.30, I think it was something like that. And my age was 34 when I did that. And then I go submit. And so it says – so when I turn 40, uh, it says I'll be down to a, a 244.59. Um, 
when I'm at 50, oh, I'll still be breaking three hours at 50. I'm 258.47. When I'm at 60, I'll be at 313. When I'm at 70, I'll be at 329. That's probably pretty competitive for a 70 year old. Yeah. Um, and when I'm, 80, I'm still, when I'm 80, I'm still breaking the four-hour barrier. I'm going 356, um, 47 when I'm 80. So, and then when I'm 100, I'm going 12 hours and 21 minutes. Yeah, but let's be honest. Hey, that's really interesting. So you'll be 12 hours 21? When I'm 100. Well, because the thing is, I put my time in. I did a 242. It's the best marathon I've done. And for me, at 100, I'll be doing 12 What'd you say? You do twelve what? 12, twelve hours twenty-one. Oh no, I'd be thirty-seven. Twelve thirty-seven. Okay. So, smoking you, hundred year olds. We're out there for half the day. I'm preparing Classic. right now, mate. I'm going to bring take you down at that hundred year race. <laughs> All right, nice. So I think th- it sounds like they've got a fairly big sample size here. So I think it's um, interesting, mate. Because I kind of I disagree with someone. Like I, I think it by forty, you won't be going. What is it saying? You do at forty. 244. I think you probably go faster than that at 40, if you're a trained. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I think if I trained at the same level that I did for that race, uh, I, yes, I would hope I would go a bit quicker than that. Um, How fast does Albert go? Harold's Albert? Albert's older. Albert's um, older than that. But 36, he, he's, isn't he? He's still improving. I'm on the downward slide, you oh, see. I'm not, okay. oh, here we go. So, <laughs> so, I'm past my best. So, not yeah, as a runner. You've, ta- you've, you've never, got to take that. You've never committed as a runner. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. But, you know, you've got to, that's why these things are always, uh, you've got to assume that with this, you're, you've done your PB and you're, I guess you are on that downward slide. Um, for a lot of people out there, regardless of their age, whether they're 30, 40, 50, if they're relatively new to sports, they're going to be improving rather than, uh, than, than uh, going slower. So I guess that's why, why we take these things with a grain of salt but interesting, interesting. Well, it's, it's like the Jack Daniels V um, what's it called the V-dot. V, V-dot yeah it's you know like it's all good you know if you put your 10k time in there but if you've never actually smashed your 10k it's not really relevant yes and yeah. if you're a 100 metre runner and you've got a really good 100 metre time um, your marathon time is probably not particularly relevant is it yeah so, yeah they're, they're indicators, um, but... Uh, but if you want to check out what kind of marathon time you think you'll be doing when you're 100, 12 hours, I wonder what it is. Yeah. Well, let's have a look. You, you, you keep talking, John. You're telling me about something else. I'm going to do a Google search uh, for the fastest. Okay. How, there's a guy who did the marathon not long ago. It was 100, wasn't he? I've got no idea. Okay, you keep talking. Okay, so next sponsor is Extreme Endurance. And what we need to remember about Extreme Endurance is uh, obviously we often go on about the Extreme Endurance product itself, um, but we also need to remember they've got a whole bunch of other things you can take as well. You've got the Amiga Boost. um, You've got the Extreme Joint 4, so for for unique ingredients to attack sore and tender joints naturally. Um, And then you've got the Extreme Immune Boost. um, Blends of 40 vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and all in one product um, and so remember you can use your IM Talk code on all these things to get yourself a nice discount and uh, that's what it's all about and of course you get your extreme endurance which I'm uh, was worked really well for me after Ashburton I didn't have particularly sore muscles but I was um, are you loading up for this weekend? I need, I need something else for this weekend coming up <laughs> you're loading up maybe, get, maybe it's time to go to the next level John get some roids <laughs> I think I think that's all that's going to save me. And uh, six statements there. No, it's uh, it's. Uh, so I wasn't yeah, really listening. So what were you promoting? You were promoting 
all different products. They've got the Omega Boost, they've got the Joint 4, they've got the Immune Boost, and they've actually got up there the Execute up there, which is a kickstart your training with Execute, lactic for fuel, lact- lactate to fuel your muscles, protein to rebe- rebuild your muscles against muscle breakdown. It looks like that is their, um, their, that, that is their new um, drink that's coming out. So I haven't heard too much about that. So I'm going to have to do, brush up and get my, my research done on that and get Sandy onto it. But that was the product that they've been talking up. So it looks like it may be available, but we will get onto that in the next week or two. Okay, well, there you go. So check out xendurance.com. You know, obviously, we've got the main product that we're always promoting, Extreme Endurance. But if you're while you're there and you're actually ordering your stuff, you may have a look at some of their other products, you know, like the fish oils, like, you know, maybe the Omega Boost, whether it's the fish oils, the Moon Boost and stuff like that. And you can kind of order it all at the same time. So it all turns up in one package, which makes your shipping cheaper. So uh, they've also got some joint, um, Extreme Joint 4. So mm. it's all good, John. Check, check, check it out. Go to extreme or xendurance.com and they've got a new website. You can check that out there. I'm, I'm going to take this, start taking that joint four. So when we have our 100, 100 year old marathon, I'm going to take you down. Okay, well, good old uh, Fajar Singh, aged 100 years old, finished a Toronto waterfront marathon in an impressive time of 8 hours and 25 minutes and 17 seconds. The Turban Tornado, he's an Indian looking dude and he's got a big turban and stuff, as he has been nicknamed racing, good style and good humor, and he wore a yellow t shirt. And uh, which reads uh, sings to the sky. So um, that's pretty nice. impressive, isn't it? Pretty impressive. It's bloody ridiculously impressive. He only started I'm, running. I'm only, I'm only four hours behind him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hardly a sprint to the finish, mate. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like it will be interesting, you know? Because uh, have you? Heard, oh, don't get me started on Ray Kurzweil. There's a guy called Ray Kurzweil who's, who's a kind of a future thinker and he's kind of talking about how we'll, we'll live for longer and longer and longer. And it's, you know, a guy doing a marathon at 100, it's pretty phenomenal when you think about it. As is um, Lou Hollander, you know, at yeah. um, age, whatever he was, 80, 82, 83. 80, 82, something like that. Um, so incredibly impressive. Mm. Imagine, your yes. legs. Imagine how sore they're going to be. But this guy didn't start running until 11 years ago. So he really right. had a young man's body. 89 year old yeah. <laughs> yep he's still getting looking for that 10,000 hour training rule where he's gonna, gonna hit his optimal performance. yeah still in front of him keep going 110 nice okay it's then uh, questions and answers we're gonna, so we're gonna skip the question and answer there Bevan we're going straight to nicknames oh okay, okay. here we go Nick do you want to do a question and answer no, right. I've got I've got I've got to be uh, coaching in uh, eighteen minutes time okay I've got to get my washing too okay then uh, you've done have you done all these ones You've just got to come up with one. Yes, I the have. The third one down. Yes, okay, great. I have. So let's let's see if you can get my, my nuances here. Um, so th- these are d- people who donated uh, either before or, or after Kona, um, and now all our any donations that come in are basically going to be helping our, our new podcast that's going to be coming out uh, shortly, Legends of Triathlon, getting that all set up. And, uh, We're working on the website, haven't we, mate? Working on the website, getting things rolling. So it's going to be coming out December 1st. So see if you can get where I'm coming from this one. Paul, Captain Hook, Fitzpatrick. Any idea where I came with that one from? Okay, Paul, um, Sean Fitzpatrick. Yes. And now the Hook. Is it just because it's Captain Captain Hook? Wow. But he was what position did uh, oh, Fitzpatrick play? Nice, John. Nice. That's good work. Does Paul come from New Zealand? I've got no idea. Well, he probably doesn't understand what you're talking about. So Sean Fitzpatrick is a, uh, a great and famous all-black captain. And so I've got Fitzpatrick, Captain Hook. So Paul, Captain Hook, what Fitzpatrick. Was that his nickname? Surely that was his nickname. Don't know. Probably here yeah, you would have... I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah, that's quite brilliant. It is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay, next one. 
So um, you see, the, see, I give you love. And what have you done to me with a show? You've just shot me down. Shoot you down. That's, that's how we roll. You know the deal. Okay. Um, okay, thanks. Michael <laughs> Sylvester Parrot. You like okay. that? Sylvester oh, Parrot? Yeah, Sylvester I kind of get it. Sylvester yeah. the, the Parrot. Yeah, Parrot, you know, like a bit of a sort of bird, Sylvester the Cat. But he might look at it from Sylvester Stallone angle. No, it's And he can take good. it either, either being Sylvester the Cat or Sylvester Stallone. Okay. So Michael Sylvester parrot i got gareth flynn and uh and, and and the only reason i'm calling him this name is because i knew a guy called flynn it was his name when i was a kid and i used to play rugby with flynn he was a he was a prop and he was a pretty good rugby player and i used to call him the mighty flynn so gareth you are the mighty flynn nice yes uh i've got no idea why i came up with this one it just came into me i just i'm going with it um edward the principal moi nice you'd have to listen to him he'll give you a strap Exactly. He just sounded like somebody in a little bit of uh, – people would follow him, and he's a bit of a leader, so the principal. Nice. Um, regular contributors, we had Garrett Gavin, the Miracle Boy, Duffy, Chance, Cool Hand Barber, and Colin, the convict, Belosky. Nice. And then the final one, um, Mike, the man of many faces, Thomas. Where does that come from, John? Because I put Mike Thomas into Athlinks to see what Mike looked like, and – there's a lot of Mike Thomases out there. And all these different faces popped up. So you're the man of many faces. It's <laughs> cold. Oh, funny. Oh, I wasn't sure which one he was. <laughs> so, to be able to house Taipei. No, I think the thing we need to ask, John, is are we going to go to Kona next year? Well, we're, I'm just negotiating a few things at the moment. And uh, I'm not going to commit either way at this stage. Um, but we will see how a few things pan out. Because we probably need to take into donations and soon if we're going to. Mm. We need to get the ball rolling yes. if we're going to. Yes. We need to think yes. about these things. Well, we need to think. Let's have a chance. Let's have a chat to the people that control our lives. <laughs> okay. Little, little, I see Joe tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, what's been happening, Bevan? Oh, just quickly, sponsors uh, are coffeesofwire.com, um, Thanksgiving, athlinks.com, uh, Arizona. Miami, Miami, yes. And Extreme Endurance. Other products. Love your work, John. But okay, what's your goss first? My gosh, so I'm heading up to Auckland this weekend when you for go? the World Cup, uh, just Saturday afternoon. So fly in, pack, get everything registered, come out the next morning and uh, do the business and then fly out in the afternoon. So should be good fun. Um, the elite race should be should be good to watch and um, my expectations are realistic for what I can do out there and just uh, looking forward to seeing what the course is like. What's World realistic mean? There. Well... Hopefully just uh, performing similar to Ashburton with a slightly better bike leg will be about as good as I can hope. I ran pretty well there, swam okay there, and biked pretty poorly. Um, haven't done really much to improve my bike over the last two weeks, so can't expect too much more from that. Um, but going to need a little bit of luck. Going to need a few little, uh, few buddies out there on the course to keep me going on the, on the bike, but um, we'll, well see how that goes. Fairness, Nash Vegas, so it's a pretty small field in comparison to what you're going to be racing this weekend, isn't it? It is and it isn't. Um, the way they're going to structure the race, it's all age group starts in Auckland. Oh, so okay. we've got about you know, 100, 120 or so in my age group. Um, so it's just going to be an age group start. And, um, you know, the main – Stephen Sheldrake's in my age group. I used to have some good uh, battles with him when we were sort of racing at an elite level, but he sort of uh, hung on to his uh, his speed and mine has deteriorated quite significantly, <laughs> so I'm not going to see him all day. And uh, there's not a lot of other ex pros or, or really strong guys that I can see in my age group um, so I think I'm going to get punished by the guys in the stronger age groups who will probably work together a bit more on the bike but hey I'll do, I'll do what is required and I'll be on the team. 
Okay, nice. Oh, you you guaranteeing you're going to be on the team, are you? Uh, well, I'm guaranteeing if I finish in the top ten, I'll be in the team. And for me not to finish in the top ten, I think would have to be um, a little bit of a meltdown out there, a equi- equipment meltdown, I think. <laughs> and Bevan, saw, saw your your lovely Joe at the sh- uh, at the races on Saturday. John, I have to tell you a story actually. When yes. Joe and I first started seeing each other. She was once at the races, and I texted her as a joke, race five, horse 10, something like that. I can't remember which horse it was. And she put $10 on it, and she won. She won 100 bucks. So then the next year, she goes to me, what's your, what's your pick? And so again, I, you know, I do this every year. I kind of just say a stupid joke. Next year, she did it, <clears throat> won a game. Then last year, my mate was at the races. My mate, Marky Mark, he rang me, and he said, what, what race? And I said, five, uh, horse seven, and it won. And this year, guess what happened, John? She didn't get a call up. No, she won a game. She did a game. She, she won a game. I can't even remember which ones I told her, and she put yeah. ten dollars on it, and it won a game. So, John, nice. I'm in the wrong industry. I need to be a professional gambler. Exactly. Head over to India, hang out with those cricket dudes. That's, that's right. Oh, yeah. So, did you ever gamble? Because you like your gambling, I don't you? I had a woeful day on the gambling. Oh, it all started really? after the first race because <laughs> because I I did we just missed getting there in time. Um, for the for the race that we or just for the for the next race that came up, and my strategy is always bet on number three and number twelve. Um, that's all I do. Strategy. Bet on number three and twelve. Hope. And but it's usually quite successful. And there's the first race we got there in time to do. I looked at it and I thought number three. Oh, he looks crap. They were writing him down saying he's crap. He's got no chance at all. I thought oh maybe I'll just wait to start on the next race. Didn't bet on the first race. Number three wins. <laughs> what so was it paying? I, Oh, it was paying quite a lot. Quite, I don't recall exactly, but it was paying like I think it was like ten dollars, something like that. It was it was quite an outside favourite, yeah. so, not not a favourite at all. So I was a bit disappointed by that. And then I just had a woeful day. Did you keep your strategy, day. or did you change your strategy? Well, the only time I won was when I deviated from my strategy because my father-in-law told me to bet on race. He was betting on. He had one bet in the day. He said because I owed him ten bucks. He said right, put ten bucks on the win. Number eight in race eight, and number eight in race eight won. And, uh, and so I followed his bet a little bit on that. And other than that, it was just a, a very poor day. John, you're not known as the most fashionable character in the world. You're not unfashionable. You're not the most fashionable character. Let's be who's kicking? Who's kicking? Who's, who's, who's sharing the love now? Eh? Who's sharing the love? <laughs> this is Get more of a, back on me. This is just a fact. Okay, let's be honest. How'd you, how, how, what would you wear to the races? I had a floral shirt on, Bevan, um, some fawn pants. Didn't pull out the suit this year and pay for it. It was, it was raining and cold, and I, I should have had a suit on. Do you have a suit? Do you own a suit? I do, but I need to upgrade. Really? 70s? Mm. Uh, no, no. It's, 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 it's the century suit, but it's, uh, it's, it's done its dash. Oh, really? Yes. Was it your wedding suit? No. But your neck, no. Yeah, your outfit, and your tails. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's very there good. Was some fairly scantily dressed girls there. It was raining um, for for quite a portion of the day. It was very very cool, and that did not deter the scantily dressed uh, girls oh, really? from coming out. And really? they were scantily dressed, and they were getting cold, but wow. they were loving it because they had so much alcohol on board. It didn't really matter. Yeah, the races are a funny thing, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Right, Bevan. Um, next week we are back in the studio. Oh, as you, I believe. you want to hear about what I'm doing? You say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Sorry, I'm no, just watching. No, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm clock watching. I'm clock watching. But you, you tell us all about the last like 20 minutes story. I want to share with you guys. It all started. Well, I, I, I gave you the opportunity to go first, and then you swung it back on me. <laughs> and then you shoot me down. 
Yes. I think it's, it's pick on Bevan week this week. What have right. I what have I been doing, John? I've been in Taipei, and I've been doing lots of work here. I don't have that much exciting to say, to be honest. I taught a class yesterday. Actually, I did. I taught a class yesterday. I taught a body attack class, which is a high impact, and it was phenomenal. I had this big crowd. The Asians are great to teach to because us Kiwis can be a little bit kind of reserved, and... Uh, and I love teaching my Christchurch people, and I love teaching in New Zealand. But you know, in Asia, if you say make a noise, it's like you know, it's, it's, they scream like you wouldn't believe. And so, it just encourages me to get kind of stupid. So I was kind of had lots of fun over here doing that. And then I'm back home tomorrow, and then not much really happening, John. I mean, you know what? It's coming to wind down season, isn't it? No, it's not. It's oh, really? wind up season for me. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, see, I, pretty much from here forward, I'm winding down for the rest of the year, which is quite nice. Just You just opened yourself up there. There's going to be a few more emails firing through the year. <laughs> do that, do that, do that, do that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's pretty much this week's show. We're back in the studio next week. You guys rock on. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Yeah.